Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Did you know that as a Christian, you are a living spiritual stone being built into a spiritual house with all other Christians in the world as a part of the body of Jesus Christ our Lord? As Christians, the Bible calls us the body of Christ. Is Jesus precious to you? Is Jesus the most precious thing in your life? Let's open our Bible now to 1 Peter chapter 2 and learn more about our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a, uh, it's a special teaching today. It's the, uh, it's teaching number 100 that, uh, that we've done in kingdom discipleship. And, uh, so that's, a just a small and, and interesting milestone. Just, uh, you know, we were just praying before uh, we did the podcast and just, just thanking Jesus, just worshiping our heavenly father that we have the privilege to do this. Um, really there, there is truly no greater privilege in the world than to know Jesus Christ, to study the word of God, to meditate on the scriptures, to have relationship with him in doing that. And, and then the privilege it is to teach the word of God is even, is even beyond that. And so, um, we are, we are, we are genuinely thankful to our father to the Lord Jesus Christ, who just enables us to do all things. We can do nothing without him. And uh, we thank you, Holy Spirit, just for your mercy and leading and guidance on our lives. So teaching 100, I remember when my little big sister, Gwenda, in, uh, in Singapore, uh, she came to visit a little over two years back now. And uh, about two and a half years ago, she came to visit and we were talking about Jesus and uh, you know, and she uh, exhorted me, you know, telling me that I should begin doing these things. You know, she's younger than me, but, you know, she's she's older than me in every other way except physically. Right. Um, you know, so, um, you know, she exhorted me that, that, you know, we should start doing these podcasts. And so uh, thank you, my sister. Uh, we're on number 100 today. And uh and, and hopefully as we, as we do this teaching, we go on, we can continue to refine it. I have been blessed that, um, you know, there's, there have been a lot of people who, you know, who give their feedback and that they enjoy hearing the word of God. And certainly we always want to, uh, we, we always want to get better at what we're doing at Kingdom Discipleship. And, and we have a lot of room to grow. And so um, we appreciate the feedback. Um, I believe at the end of this teaching or all teachings, there's a, uh, there's an email where you can, uh, email comments or questions, um, and the production team will get them and, uh, forward them to me accordingly. Um, so thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, today we're, we're, we're moving through second Peter and we're going to do verses four, five, six, seven, and eight. So verses four through eight. I'm sorry, it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. So we're going to go ahead and read it. 
We'll invite the Lord into our time and uh, we will get rolling. Verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, we just thank you and we praise you for the word of God. We just thank you again, Father, for the, the privilege to, to have a Bible and to study the Bible and read the Bible and be fed in the Bible, be encouraged in the Bible, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, I, we can't imagine a world without the Bible. We cannot imagine a word, world where we didn't have the living word of God to, to guide us and lead us and save us and love us and correct us and encourage us. Father, we thank you just for the privilege of, uh, of having your word. I thank you that at Kingdom Discipleship, you've allowed us to, to teach your word and share your word. Lord Jesus, we love you. We bless you and we thank you, Lord. We could do nothing without you, Lord. You are our all in all, Jesus, our Alpha and our Omega, our beginning and our end, our first and our last. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this 100th teaching um, that, that we're doing today. We just thank you for all your favor and grace. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us today and all the days going forward. Help us, Holy Spirit. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear that we might be more and more faithful to the Word of God and the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, 1 Peter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God, and precious to him, verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful, right? Um, when we come to passages in scripture like this, this is, this is kind of difficult, right? When you you remember we always talk about how you really want to chew on the scripture, you want to break it apart, you want to really try to meditate on it and understand what it's saying. And, you know, these are some complex verses here. Um, in verses six and seven, you know, uh, uh, Peter in verse eight, he actually quotes Old Testament verses um, and he brings them into here. And, and, and that's, you know, the importance of that is, is many fold. But when we see in verse six, seven and eight, uh, where Peter quotes the Old Testament. The importance of that is that Peter fully believes and knows that the Old Testament is the word of God. 
Jesus consistently quoted the scriptures, the Old Testament. Remember, the Old Testament has 39 books, and that's all the New Testament writers had. They were writing the New Testament. Jesus, while he walked those three and a half years on earth, you know, he was speaking and the gospels came about during those three and a half years um, that followed his birth, life, death, and resurrection, all that he said and did. You know, many of the things he said and did are are recorded in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're four historical accounts of the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Only Matthew and Luke record uh, the events of the birth of Jesus. Mark and John do not. All of them record the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But so when we see in verse 6, 7, and 8, where Peter quotes scriptures from the Old Testament, and he brings them into his letter, Peter is bringing them in as authority, okay? The only authority in your life, in my life, is the Son of God in the Word of God. That is the ultimate authority over your life, okay? The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are your ultimate authority, but they can only be in your life through Jesus. It's only through Jesus Christ that you have any connection at all to God the Father or God the Holy Spirit. That only comes through God the Son, Jesus Christ. So, and if you remember in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus says in verse 18, Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. After his resurrection, God the Father placed every bit of authority, not only on earth, but in heaven, under Jesus. So Jesus is the boss of everything. So it's only in Jesus Christ that you have connection or relationship with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So the point of this is um, there's a lot of talk in the body of Christ today about man-centered authority or, or pastoral authority. Um, um, elder authority and things like that. The ultimate authority of your life is Jesus Christ, okay? Um, the Son of God, okay? And the Word of God. Those are the two authorities in your life, okay? And then if you're in Jesus Christ, obviously all the members of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are all ultimate authority over your life, along with the word of God. There is no authority, spiritual authority, based on a title, okay? Just because someone has the title of pastor um, or elder and, and you happen to go to that church, that in itself does not make a person a spiritual authority in your life, okay? Authority always flows along the lines of relationship, okay? Now, there is authority. There is spiritual authority in our lives. But that spiritual authority only comes through relationship. And even then, the only spiritual authority that human beings have in your life is through the Son of God and the Word of God. They have no authority beyond that. They have authority to exhort you in the Word of God, to exhort you to Christ likeness, to exhort you 
to know Christ, to walk with Christ, to believe in Christ, and to live with, to live for Christ. They have a authority to correct and rebuke you. Your spiritual leaders do if you're not doing that. Okay. But it always flows along the lines of relationship. If you have no relationship with, with, with any of your pastors at all, they have no authority in your life. Okay. Now, still, they ought to exhort you in the word of God, right? They ought to build you up. And the more close you grow in relationship with people who are over you in Christ or more mature than you in Jesus Christ or have walked longer with Jesus, who have been more faithful in Christ, who have given themselves longer to Christ, the more time they give you, the more time they spend with you personally, okay? Now, in that, their authority grows in your life, okay? Um, when someone gives you their time and faithfully teaches you the scriptures, teaches you the word of God, faithfully holds you accountable, faithfully encourages you and corrects you, okay? This is where authority comes from. Doesn't matter whether they're man or woman, doesn't matter whether they have any titles or not, okay? And we're going to talk about that. Peter's actually going to mention that we're a holy priesthood, okay? Um, every believer in Jesus Christ, this is in verse 5, is a priest, okay? There are no individuals in this world, in this time, okay, that have more access to Jesus than any other Christian. If you're a Christian today and Jesus Christ is living inside of you, okay, and what a Christian is is someone who is trusted in Jesus Christ, is actively trusting in Jesus Christ, has at some point put their faith in him and called out to him. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? So have you called out to Jesus at some point? Have you asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life and save you from your sin? Are you actively trusting in him at this moment, knowing you're a sinful person and you need a savior and you cannot save yourself? And all your hope and trust and reliance is in Jesus, okay? And you have called on him and you've asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. And if you've done that and you've meant it and you were sincere, then Jesus lives inside of you by his Holy Spirit. Okay. The spirit of Jesus Christ lives inside of you and you have access to him completely. You don't need anyone else. Okay. You don't need any other men or any other women to go to Jesus on your behalf. If you know Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior today. Okay. You have complete access to Jesus. Now. That being said, it's still good. It's still good to go to brothers and sisters in Christ and go to your pastors, go to your priests, go to those who are walking with the Lord um, and to have fellowship with them and to pray with them and have them pray for you. That's all a wonderful thing. And we need to do that. OK, but we need to understand based on verse five, he says, look, you also. He's talking to all Christians like living stones. OK are being built into a spiritual house. What's that mean? You're being built into a spiritual house, right? You remember in the, in the, in the Old Testament, the Jews had the temple. And, the, and in the New Testament, you know, we have the church building. We have, you know, thousands of little church buildings everywhere around the world, right? Um, and those are places we go, physical places, right? You go physically to the church. Make sense? But Peter says here, you yourself are one of the living stones, okay? So picture a church building or a Jewish temple, 
and all the different stones that make up that building, right? All the different rocks and stones and bricks that make up that building. Well, Peter says that you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So all believers in Jesus Christ are part of a building, but it's not a natural building. It's not a physical building. So if you can see this, the church that you go to, and going to church is a good thing, and wherever that building is, all the different bricks in that building, all the different stones in that building is a picture of what we are spiritually. Peter says we're being built into a spiritual house, as opposed to the Jewish temple or a Christian church being a physical place where we go in, in worship and hear the word of God and do all those things. And just as a side note, um, if you're a Jewish temple today, you need Jesus, okay? There, there is no religion that doesn't need Jesus. The temple and the church are, are both buildings, but both need Jesus, okay? So if you're a temple today, a Jewish temple, and you have no Jesus in it, repent today. You need to be a Jewish temple that's trusting in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, as your only hope, your only savior, your only master, your only king. Okay, and if you're a Christian church today and you call yourself a church and you have a church building, okay, is your church about Jesus Christ? Are you talking about Jesus all the time? Is Jesus Christ the center of everything? Because you can have a church building and call it a church and have no Jesus in it at all. It can be no different than a Jewish temple that doesn't even regard Jesus as the savior. Okay, both places need to repent. Okay, every building ought to have Jesus in it in the world today. Every building, no matter where it is, there is no separation between church and state. Okay, that was never meant for what we use it for today. Jesus was never meant to be kept out of anything. Okay, I don't know why anyone would want to keep him out. Now, hey, he'll let you force him away if that's what you want to do. Okay, it's it's the single most asinine thing anyone can do ever, anywhere, anytime is not want Jesus around, okay? No matter where you are today, whatever building you have today, okay? Let me make it clear. If you have a mosque, okay, and you're Muslims, bring in Jesus, okay? Because that's what you need more than anything else. If you have a Hindu temple today, a Buddhist temple today, bring in Jesus, because that's what you need more than anything else. If you have a temple today, a Jewish temple, okay? Bring in Jesus because that's what you need more than anything else is Jesus. And if you have a church building today, okay? And you're not talking about Jesus, stop, repent, and invite Jesus in and make your church about Jesus more and more and more today. But even beyond that, if you have a house today, bring Jesus in. If you have an office today, bring Jesus in. If you have uh, you know, a store today, bring Jesus in. If you have a gas station today, bring Jesus in. Whatever you have today, if you have a government building today, bring Jesus in, okay? Jesus needs to be the cornerstone of every building physically and spiritually, okay? Jesus is everything. 
He's our all in all, our alpha and our omega, our beginning and our end. Jesus Christ. All right. That's in Revelation 1. You'll see the verse at the bottom of the screen for those watching YouTube. Okay. So look at verse 5. Look at, we're going deep now, right? He tells them that you also, the Christians, are a living stone. So again, when you see all the stones put together to build a, a beautiful uh, religious building, whatever it is, okay, in Jesus Christ, you're a stone too, but you're a, a spiritual stone, okay? You're an alive spiritual stone. You are a pulsating, living, spiritual stone, okay? And when you get all the other Christians, right, around you, the spiritual stones are built together like the physical stones of those buildings. And when they all come together, he says that you are being built into a spiritual house. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? My man Peter's rolling here, right? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has led Peter to write these things. Look at the depth of this, y'all. This is amazing, right, May? Um, golly. Wow. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, okay? To be a holy priesthood. All Christians today are priests. You remember in the Old Testament that only the priests had certain access to God in certain ways, as you recall. But in Jesus Christ, you yourself are a priest if Jesus Christ is living in him. And you've called on him and asked him to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. If you're a Christian today, you are a priest, okay? You are a minister. All Christians are priests. All Christians are ministers. All of them have access to the throne of God by the very fact that they're one with Jesus Christ, the chief priest, okay? Jesus Christ is called the chief shepherd, right? At the end of this book in chapter five. Um, and through Jesus Christ, and in Jesus Christ, and in Jesus Christ only, you are a priest and you have complete access to God as much as any human being in the world. That's what this is teaching, okay? So let that sink in, okay? There are no like super priests, there are no super pastors, no super apostles, no, no people that have more access to Jesus Christ than you did. Matter of fact, the man writing this, the great Simon Peter, right? St. Peter, whatever you call him. He does not have more access to Jesus than you. Now, he acknowledges in chapter one that he was able to walk with Jesus, and you and I haven't. And he saw that as an incredible blessing, right? Remember in chapter one, he said, though you don't see him, you believe in him, okay? Peter got to see him and walk with him for three and a half years. But what this is teaching is that you have as much access to Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian today, relying on Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin and the salvation of your soul, Jesus alone. If you are a Christian today, you have as much access to Jesus as anyone else in history has ever had. As much access to God the Father as anyone has ever had. The Holy Spirit as anyone has ever had. That's the power and the access you have to Jesus Christ our Lord. Not only that, so you are a holy priesthood. You're made holy by what Christ has done. All of your sin has been credited to Christ at the cross if you're trusting in him today. His perfect righteous life is credited to you. 
God the Father sees you as righteous as he sees Jesus. It's amazing, right, Corinne? As righteous as he sees Jesus. And we are priests, right, Uncle Dennis? It says that we are being built into a spiritual house. We already talked about that. Each one of us is a, is a piece of that house, a brick in that house, right? Um, and when we all come together, we're called the body of Christ. We're a spiritual house, right? But it says that we're a spiritual house built into a spiritual house, verse 5 now, to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So your job today, every Christian in the world that is a real genuine Christian today, and you know you're a Christian if you know you're trusting in Jesus Christ today, in your heart. If you're not sure if you're fully relying on Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then stop the tape and go before the foot of the cross again. In prayer, just go before Jesus. You can get down on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, I just want you to know I am trusting you and asking you to be my only Lord and Savior and Master and King. And I'm calling out to you, Lord, in response to your word and asking you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life and save me from my sin and bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, as much as I know how, I'm placing all my faith and trust and reliance and hope in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you become a Christian. You can use the words I just used, but the important thing is you mean them as sincerely as you can. And if you do, and you are in that place this day, this moment, right now, listen to me, and you're trusting in Jesus Christ, then Jesus does live in you. And you are a priest. And it's your job as a priest to offer sacrifices. But like in the Old Testament, you remember the priests slaughtered animals, right? You would take a bull, you would, you would stretch it out over the altar, and the priest would slit its throat, and the blood would drop. And the, and the animal, the sacrifice of the animal, would be in place of, of the death that we should have died, okay? So they would slaughter animals in the Old Testament. That was in the Old Covenant where animals would be sacrificed, whether a ram or a bull or a goat, right, would be sacrificed. And so when the animal's blood shed and the animal was killed, the animal took the penalty, the death penalty that we should have that we deserved from God for our sinfulness. So our sin was temporarily covered over by the animal, right? But but that animal could never take away our sins. I believe it's Hebrews 9, 20, 23, I think it is, um, that says it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. It only covered over our sin so that God the Father didn't have to look at it and look at the sin in our lives and strike us down. In the new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb of God, when you trust in him, takes away all your sin, past, present, and future. All your sin was paid by Jesus at the cross if you're trusting in him today, and his perfect righteous life is credited to you. It's incredible, right? And it says that, that it's our job when we're in that place, you're actually a priest. Every single one of us is a priest in Jesus. It's our job to offer spiritual sacrifices. No more do we put a bull or a ram or a goat or a bird or a dove. We don't sacrifice that anymore. Now you give spiritual sacrifices, not physical animal sacrifices, right? 
So your job is to be a continual spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ today, your job is to live a sacrificial spiritual life of Christ-likeness and holiness and selflessness and other-centeredness for Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus, and to Jesus. And when we do this, this is now the acceptable sacrifice, the acceptable sacrifice to God the Father. That's, that's kind of radical, right? Your spiritual walk, your spiritual life, joined with all the other living stones, living spiritual stones, right? Eternal stones, right? Because physical stones are not eternal, right? They'll eventually wither to dust at some point or another. But you and I are spiritual stones, living stones in Jesus Christ that are eternal. We'll never die. We're immortal, right? So we'll always live to be a holy priest to Jesus Christ, offering spiritual sacrifices. And in this life, that's lives of obedience, lives of repentance where we fall short, just lives uh, glorifying Jesus, serving Jesus, advancing his kingdom, glorifying his name, repenting when we fall short, worshiping him, right? Growing to be more like Christ, right? Now, when we go to the physical building, the church, that's the place where, you know, we go and we hear a good Bible-based message, right? Um, you ought to be in church today and you ought to be in a good, solid Bible-based church, okay? That's teaching the word of God. If you're in a church today or a temple or a mosque or a Hindu building and it's not teaching the word of God and the son of God, then leave, okay? Wherever you are, leave and go to a place that talks about Jesus all the time and teaches the word of God because that's all that matters. That's our only hope in every manner and every way. That's what it says. That's what the Bible says, right, David? Now, it's not popular to say that, but that's what this says, right? Look, verse four, as you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, and if you have your Bible open, stone is capitalized, right? Jesus is the living stone, capital S-T-O-N-E, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, okay? Jesus, if, if you have not come to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have rejected him. There is no middle ground. Either you're in Christ or you're not, okay? Those who will not give their lives to Jesus Christ stubbornly reject him, okay? They're even appointed, it says in verse 8, to this rejection, okay? By rejecting Jesus Christ, you are by course rejecting him if you have not received him, okay? So let me say that again. If you're not in Jesus Christ today, if you're not trusting him completely as your only Lord and Savior and Master and King, you are rejecting him as, as a matter of course, and that's what you were appointed to, it actually says here in, in verse 8. That's a scary place, but the good news is you can repent today, wherever you are, and receive Jesus right? It says he's precious. Is Jesus Christ precious in your life? Look what it says in verse 7. It says in verse 4, he's precious to God. Obviously, he is God. He's the son of God. He's God's son, right? But in verse 7, it says, now to you who believe, this stone is precious. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, if you're an authentic believer in Jesus Christ today, 
He ought to be precious to you. He ought to mean something to you. He ought to matter to you. You ought to in some way want to talk about him. You want to encourage other people in him. If Jesus Christ is not precious to you today, if you don't have any love for Jesus, then you really want to examine yourself and see if you really are a Christian. Okay? People who aren't Christians, Jesus isn't precious to them. They can say all kinds of ridiculous things, right? But if you're in Jesus Christ today, truly, one of the evidences of the fact that you truly are in Jesus Christ and truly are a Christian is that Jesus is precious to you in one manner or another. You are trying to live for him. You are trying to talk about him. You are trying to share with others about him. Okay? That is a sign that he lives in you. When, you, when you're a Christian, the living Jesus Christ, the living stone Jesus Christ lives in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And a manifestation of that in your life is that he's precious to you, right? Now, the degree of that may wane here and there. And certainly the more disobedient we are, we could be Christians that live in disobedience. And the more disobedient we are, the less relationship we experience with Jesus. Now, now most of us as Christians have various forms of disobedience. We're still saved. Our sins are still forgiven. We're still going to heaven because that's not based on what we do or don't do. It's not based on our obedience. It's based on what Christ has done in trusting in him that we have our sins forgiven and go to heaven. But if we are, any level of sinful lifestyle that we live in does hinder our relationship and how we experience relationship with the Holy Trinity, right? But Jesus ought to be precious to you today. But look what it says. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone or the cornerstone. Okay? So if you don't believe, you've rejected Jesus. Okay? And look what it says in verse 8. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. When you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you stumble over the message of Jesus Christ. Those who are trying to get to God in any other way, any other religion than true biblical gospel-centered Christianity are stumbling, okay? Every other religion in the world, for the most part, is trying to get to God, trying to appease God with a life of good works. Now, we do need to live good works. We do need to live a life of good works as priests in Jesus Christ. Okay. As holy priests, we do need to offer spiritual sacrifices. And that is a lifestyle of good works and worship and praise and all of that, right? We do need to live sacrificial lives for Jesus Christ. But none of that helps save us. We're saved by what Jesus has done alone, not by anything we do. But the manifestation of that, the outworking of that should be a lifestyle of offering spiritual sacrifices of good works everywhere for Jesus, right? But when you reject Jesus, knowing your need of him, that you are hopeless and there is nothing you can do except receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior to be saved from your sin and go to heaven when you die. Okay. It says the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Okay. Every other religion in the world, in one way or another, beside, again, biblical gospel-centered Christianity, is trying to appease God by doing enough good things in their life 
in order to offset the bad things that they know they've done, right? And if you talk to many people today, many people claim to believe in Jesus, but they still have this idea of their good taking away their bad, okay? That's the stumbling block, okay? We have to humble ourselves and say we are hopeless and we put our faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone in nothing that we do. And only then can we be saved from our sin and become children, sons and daughters of God our Father. If we're not there, we've rejected Jesus and we've stumbled over Jesus, meaning Jesus is actually a stumbling block to us when when the purpose that Christ came was to be your and my Savior. So. If you're not trusting wholly and totally in Jesus Christ today, and you have any other system of any other religion, stop, repent, go back, receive Jesus into your heart. We gave you a model prayer today of how to do that, okay? It's not as much the words, but that you mean them when you pray them, and Jesus will come and live in your heart, and no more will you be rejecting him or stumbling over him, but you will have received him, but we have to do that in complete humility knowing our desperate need for him. Right, Peyton? All right. And then it says in verse 8, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. I've said this before now several times. Believing in Jesus Christ is not a request. It's not a suggestion. It's a command, Scott. The Bible commands us. God has given his word. God has spoken his word and said, I command you, to believe in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to rely on Jesus, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and to spend your life living for Jesus as a spiritual sacrifice to Jesus. It's a command. It's not a request. It's the God of the universe who created you, commanding you to trust in Jesus, to believe in him, to receive him as your Savior. And then as a result of that, of receiving his love, you spend your life loving him. You don't do that to go to heaven. You do that because you know all that he's done for you, and therefore you want to live a life loving him, but not to go to heaven, but because simply you love Jesus and you want to live for him. All these things are commands. God doesn't suggest anything. You are commanded to believe in Jesus and trust him as your savior. So it says they stumble because they disobey the message. So when you won't receive Jesus, you disobey. God the Father, because he's commanded you to believe and trust in Jesus. And when you don't do that, you're disobeying him, right? And it says that that's what they were destined for, right? All human beings enter this world sinful and destined for hell. It's terrible, right? But we've been, we've been given this incredible provision in Jesus Christ our Lord. And all we've got to do is humble ourselves and receive him. And Jesus Christ will come and live inside of us. All of our sins will be paid for. We'll have relationship with the Holy Trinity, and we can spend our life making these spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Look at verse 6. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. You see that? Verse 6. For in Scripture it says, See, Peter is quoting the Old Testament scripture, okay? The word of God, the ultimate authority in your life, the word of God and the son of God, okay? If anyone comes to you and they are not completely given to the word of God and son of God, they have no authority in your life, nor do you give them any authority, any, 
You need to be their authority, not they yours. Okay? You need to be their spiritual authority, not theirs. Okay? Only those who come to you and are passionate and zealous for the true word of God and the true son of God, and they manage it in a way that's that's just clear and meaningful, those are people that you want to be authority in your life and that they want to give you their time and have relationship with you, okay? If they don't have that, they have no authority in your life at all. Matter of fact, you need to be their authority if you're giving yourself to the word of God and the son of God. But look it. For in scripture it says, for in your Bible it says, see I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The cornerstone was the big stone at which you start a building, okay? It's a cornerstone, so you build two walls on it, right? Now there is a picture here also of God, you know, bringing in Jews and Gentiles, right? You lay down a cornerstone in Jesus Christ, and in Jesus Christ, both Jews and all those who are not Jews, which are called Gentiles, come into the family of God based on this cornerstone. It's the cornerstone of which the entire building is set. You need the cornerstone in your life to be Jesus Christ, okay? And then all of us as little, remember, he's the living cornerstone. You and I are not the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone on which everything is built. And then all us little spiritual stones are built on that cornerstone to be the complete body of Christ. Pow, right? Powerful. He says, I lay this stone, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him, trusts in Jesus, will never be put to shame. Have you trusted in Jesus? Have you given your life to Jesus? Do it now. Do it now. (laughs) Well, Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord. Help us to continue to, to come to you, Jesus, the living stone. Lord, we know that you were chosen by God the Father. We know you're precious to him and you are precious to us, Jesus. You're the most precious thing in all the world to us, Lord, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that the entire world would come to you today, that every living human person in the world would come to Jesus Christ. And Lord, then I pray you would just come. Come, Lord Jesus. We just ask you to come, Lord. We thank you. That we're, that we're being built into a spiritual house, Lord. I thank you that we're spiritually alive in you, Lord Jesus. And you're, you're building this spiritual house, Lord. An eternal house, Lord. That we're part of a spiritual house, a spiritual building, Lord. Father, I pray that all the natural buildings in the world would be filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we pray you would invade all of our churches, all of our temples, all of the mosques, all of the Buddhist temples, Hindu temples, Just every building, every office, every government building, everything there is that can be a building, Lord, we pray that you'd be the cornerstone of that building. Father, I ask you to forgive us where we're not being priests as we ought to be, where we are not offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to you through Jesus Christ. And I ask you to help us to increasingly do that today. Lord, I thank you that you are precious to us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a revelation that we would grow to know how precious you really are more and more and more and more. We thank you that in trusting you, Jesus, we will never be put to shame. You have given your word, Father, that in Jesus Christ, we will never be put to shame. 
Lord, we know that you're precious to us who believe, Lord. We pray you would give eyes that see and ears that hear to those who have rejected you, Lord. That they could come to their only hope and Savior and Master and King, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would drive out all the stumbling blocks of all religions that don't proclaim Jesus Christ, of all churches that don't proclaim Jesus Christ, of all denominations claiming to be in Christ that don't proclaim Jesus Christ as the only way to have our sins forgiven, to have relationship with God our Father, and to ultimately go to heaven when we die. Drive out the stumbling blocks, Holy Spirit, of every other religion in the world that they may come to know Jesus Christ. Whatever they are, Lord, let them be Muslims for Jesus, Hindus for Jesus, Buddhists for Jesus, atheists for Jesus, agnostics for Jesus, governors for Jesus, school teachers for Jesus. I pray that Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, would, would, would come to be resident, a fixed resident in the heart of all people, that whatever you want to call yourself, just so you are that in Jesus, for Jesus, to Jesus, and through Jesus. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. We thank you for the living word of God, Jesus. We worship you and thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.